Hey, everybody. It's Drew at Bovida coming to you with another episode of Cultivate. Today, we've got Marvin Washington in a really compelling interview about legalizing cannabis throughout the United States and the world. This guy is an elite athlete, a Super Bowl champion, a dad, a really solid guy that we had the privilege of interviewing. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Marvin Washington on Cultivate. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Cultivate, a podcast about the people and technology that are blazing a trail in the cannabis industry. Is that Marvin Washington? Yes, sir. How are you? The man himself. How are you, Marvin? Good. Thanks for reaching out. It's Drew at Bovida. You are the first professional athlete, the first Super Bowl champion, the first a cannabis entrepreneur that we have had on the Cultivate podcast. And Bovida is really excited to have you. Thank you for coming on. No, I appreciate you having me on because the whole thing is, Drew, is that anybody that is spreading the word and educating about this space, I I, want to get out there because only 10% 10 of the people in this country know the difference between CBD or THC or TLC. And so anytime I get an opportunity to spread, spread the word, I, 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 I definitely want to. There you go. So about the time that I met you the first time, I see Marvin Washington at virtually every cannabis trade show that I go to. And you were just in New Orleans, I think, last week. Yeah. Um, I wasn't there. You go to more shows than I do. But I got uh, really excited. Uh, I tried CBD oil uh, early on in my experience with Boveda. And I can't tell you the experience that I've had personally with CBD oil. And I know that uh, CBD is a big part of your uh, cannabis advocacy. So I'm just going to take a little CBD here. There you go. I've already taken mine for today. I take some uh, in the evening and to me, it's uh, it's like all for the tin man. Being a former athlete and, and playing in the trenches with my my foot, my hand down in the dirt for eleven years in the NFL, it it, it 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 like I said, it gets me going in the morning instead of coffee. Uh, but uh, it, it works for me, and I tell all my ex-athlete peers and friends, I, I, I'm a big advocate for it. So just so people get a frame of reference on Marvin Washington, you were drafted in 1989 in the sixth round by the New York Jets, correct? Correct. You, you played in three decades. You played in the 80s, the 90s, and uh, just after the turn of the millennium. You there played you for the Jets, the Broncos, and the Niners, and you correct. got a Super Bowl ring uh, playing with the Broncos. Correct. That's a pretty good run, brother. That's fantastic. You know what? Being a six rounder, and that's you know I know the NFL draft was uh, last week, and everybody's making a deal about you know the first round and all that. But to me, it's like having a career. It really doesn't matter where you draft it because if you can play, the coaches have to play you because their jobs dependent on winning, and they're going to play the best player. Uh, the first round guys will get a, a longer look, but if you if you can play, you know. Uh, coaches will find you and then just try to have some longevity in, 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 that, in that league. So one of the reasons why I run into you at these shows is because you're always advocating and you're a board member of Athletes for Care. Can you talk a little about what Athletes for Care is about? Well, Athletes for Care, is, it came around a, a couple of years ago and it came about uh, with seeing athletes in the space 
not fully maximize the, p- the potential that, that 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 we could have, and also to kind of protect ourselves too, because we're used to coming out of a a, a teamwork type of deal. And we started out, it's it's a collective of athletes that advocate for the medicinal use of, of cannabis, CBD, THC, and, and or. And we have athletes out of the four major leagues and all the other sports, and we have women also. But we're there to change the negative perceptions and connotations that are attached to this plant by showing that athletes that the majority of us Went to, went, went, to, went to high school, got a college scholarship, and we're lucky enough to play at the professional level, and we're not lazier, we, we're, we're, we're not unfocused, we're not unmotivated, and whatever, and showing you that this cannabis has been a part of our lifestyle uh, in college and during our professional career, and now we're out advocating for the responsible adult use of it as a medicinal benefit to not only athletes, but people in general general society. Uh, we also look over any contracts that athletes want to, you know, get into because a lot of these companies, they want to work with athletes. We have to make sure that they're fair. We have to make sure the athletes are, are compensated. And the other thing is we're pushing for cannabis, whether it's THC and CBD, but CBD first to me is because I have a personal connection to it. I, I, I like it the best. As an alternative to the opiates that the former players particularly in the NFL, are, have been given and the current players are being poisoned with. And Mike James just got turned down, but somebody else is going to file an application and eventually we're going to we're gonna bring down that wall. Of, so Mike James was trying to do what? I'm sorry. Mike James was trying to get a, a TUE and that's a therapeutic use exemption because the NFL let these guys that have ADD and ADHD, they, they let them use Adderall and Ritalin, which is under the World Anti-Doping Association's ban list as a performing enhancer. But the NFL will let these Ritalin babies and these Adderall kids take this uh, during the week as far as, you know, for them and before the game. And what we want is for them to do the same thing with cannabis. Uh, have a TUE in the state status legal with, dispense it medically, have it under doctor's care, and let the players t- try that instead of taking, you know, the the Indocin, the Naprosin, the the Vicodin, Percocets, and uh, Toradol shots, and all the other uh, opiates that, that that they're taking that that can be toxic and highly addictive. So can we get really simple about CBD? Because the, you're right when you started this conversation, when you said that only 10% of the people really know uh, what's going on with what's available to them with this plant. Um, I was in an, a dispensary in Hopland, California a couple weeks ago at Emerald Farms, and there was a couple there. They get a lot of tourists into the store, an older couple, a little bit older than me. And this woman stood talking to the bud tender and said, I want to know what's available. I want, and I'm really concerned about getting addicted. I don't want to get addicted. And so she was having this really simple conversation with a bud tender. And this kid was awesome. He took it slow with her, talked to her about the uh, endocannabinoid system and how CBD affects you. Can you talk a little bit about that in really simple terms for people to have a sense of what CBD is capable of doing for us? 
Well, number one, like there's it's, it's two, two main chemicals or cannabinoids in the cannabis plant. One is THC, and that gets you high, that gets you stoned. The other is CBD, cannabidiol, cannabidiol which doesn't get you stoned, doesn't get you high, but it has all these medicinal benefits that, that works well in your endocannabinoid system, which we have a system in our body that has cannabinoids in it. And CBD has helped out so many people from the kids that have the epileptic strokes and seizures to go from hundreds a month to almost none to the soldiers that come home with PTSD. It's, it, it, it's an anti, well, let me say this. The government has a patent, patent 6630507 that says CBD is antioxidant and a neuroprotectant for the brain in relationships to concussion. That helps out anybody in contact sport. That helps out the soldiers that are coming home with the TBIs and, 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 and all the issues that come out of that. Also, it's anti-anxiety. Also, it's anti-inflammatory. 80% of the illnesses that we have in America or in our bodies come from inflammation. So this thing, I'm not saying CBD is a cure-all, end-all, be-all, but we need to take a good look at it as an alternative to the opiates that, that we're taking. And for him to walk her down that lane, we have to, because people think they're gonna get it. It's not addictive, it's, it's, it's not toxic. So I love for to hear stories like that and, and, and people to get educated because you're saying an older couple, that's probably a baby boomer and they're going to explode the market, but she's going to go tell her friends about it because my mom is 84 years old and she takes CBD daily and she has her little collection of church ladies and, and neighbors. They're on CBD, whether they're chewing uh, a CBD gum or drinking water or taking a tincture or having a, a transdural patch on them. They are believing in CBD. And, and I believe that as you get off the pharmaceuticals and opiates and, and get on something natural, I think your quality of life and your length of life will, will be better. So you're involved in the cannabis business, in the CBD business. Uh, can you talk CBD, a little- I'm, on, I'm on the CBD side. I'm also a partner and a board member of Lenative Lab, which is Montel Williams uh, Medical Marijuana. And it, it's, a, it's a THC line but it's mixed with CBD. So he runs a spectrum from 10% CBD and 90% THC, all 50, 50, 70, 30, all the way to the other side to where it's dominant CBD uh, and and less THC, which they worked well together. And a little bit of THC is the key to unlocking your, your, your endocannabinoid system. And then so the CBD can go in there and bind it. So I'm, I'm a whole plant uh, advocate. Yeah, and, and Montel couldn't be a better advocate for this industry and for what it can do to help people heal. Um, he's one of the first people I met at a show, just like I met you. I, uh, Montel was speaking at a show and we had a great experience with him. And Did he cry? He, he did. He got a little emotional. <laughs> he's a very sensitive man. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about the NFL. Um, the Players Association, the uh, rules in the league, are players allowed to use uh, cannabis at this stage of the game? No, they're not. And it's still prohibited on the federal level. And the NFL has probably one of the most 
restrictive cannabis policy because there are no, there is no other league where like you never hear a baseball player being busted for cannabis or, or NBA guy, but I know baseball players and I know you know, a bunch of NBA guys and, uh, um, I know their use is, is equal with the NFL's, but I know that the NFL Players Association, which is the union that represents the body of players, is looking very hard at uh, uh, CBD and cannabis as an alternative to opiates. They're open. Uh, and the NFL came to them last summer and said, let's work together. So when I got into this space about four years ago, it was a matter of, of, of if, if, if. Now it's just a matter of when. I truly believe that when the collective bargaining agreement is, is up between the owners and the players, and that's in 2020, that they will come out with a sensible cannabis program. I don't know what the players are going to have to give up. They're probably going to have to give up something, but uh, I think it's going to be worth it. And if the NFL leads the way, then it will go a, lo a long ways to, sh to show the other sports leagues, but also the country that cannabis Vital-based medicine, which is plant-based medicine, is going to be the wave of the future, and and this is what we're going to get back to because we've medicated with with plants for ten thousand years. I think the NFL can can lead the way. And my last point is the NFL has two issues: they have the the CTE issue, and they have the the, the opiate addiction of their former players and players. I think cannabis can 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 cure them both. So the CTE issue has to do with injuries to the brain. Correct. Uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy and the behavioral issues that come out of them, they mirror PTSD from depression, mood, dis, uh, depression, uh, 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 memory loss, uh, all these mood, terrible mood things that come out of that all the way up to suicide. And one thing I want to say is the NFL has lost a lot of players, and but soldiers are, are, are dying at 23 a day. But it's more that, than that. That's, that's a conservative estimate. Only, it's more than that because yeah. only 22 states are reporting. So we got exposed to uh, Grow for Vets, which is now referred to as Hero Grown. Uh, Roger Martin, his partner. Yeah, I know Roger Florida. very well. I know and Roger he's, very well. What a beautiful guy. And he's helped us understand what the problems are with the vets. And we've been very involved with helping them deliver uh, cannabis to vets. They they actually, uh, you know this, but for people that are watching this podcast, uh, Grow for Vets, now known as Hero Grow, and they go out and they acquire cannabis flour for veterans and uh, they keep it fresh with Bovida. That's one of the things that we've done in partnership with them from the get-go. The stories about veterans overcoming that just the list of painkillers and psychoactive drugs that they're on is just remarkable. It's the same thing with, with athletes, even, even more so with, with them. Uh, with, with veterans, uh, because there are some some horror stories out there and sad stories, but there are a lot of redeeming stories out there when you get with, with, with vets and you see that they've, they've changed their life due to this plant. So one of the excuses that everybody in politics use to talk about cannabis is they say, well, it's a Schedule 1. As long as it's a Schedule 1, we're stuck with a certain set of outcomes. Can you talk about Schedule 1 and give people watching this podcast a sense of what it means to be a Schedule 1 drug? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a, a, a cliche that everyone uses, but nobody ever takes the time to get into it and explain what Schedule 1 means. Well, number one, Schedule One drugs and, and drugs that are Schedule One, it has to meet three criteria. Uh, it has to have the potential to be highly addictive. 
which cannabis is not. It also can't be safely tested in uh, a lab and highly addictive, can't be tested in in a lab. And what's the third one? The third one is uh, it has no medicinal benefit. So let's let's take let's take them and see why. And so and cannabis is up there with, with with PCP and heroin and things like that. So the government has a patent that says cannabis. I just read you the patent and what it can do. So that's a contradiction in itself. We also know it can be safely tested in the lab because the NIH sends over five hundred million dollars to Israel to test cannabis, and they've been doing this for years. Number number three is we know it's not addictive. Uh, And so that's one of the reasons why uh, I'm one of the lead plaintiffs or the lead plaintiffs in this lawsuit suing the DOJ. And everybody always goes, well, you know, you're suing Jeff Sessions. I'm not. I'm suing the Department of Justice. And it doesn't matter whether it was Jeff Sessions, Eric Holder, or Loretta Lynch, somebody needs to, to to bring this lawsuit on because when you look at the etymology of why it was scheduled one, Richard Nixon uh, conveyed a committee, the uh, the Schaefer Commission back in in, its, in 1970 to look at look at cannabis. They every that commission came back with a report that said everything that we know about cannabis now was was true back then that it's not addictive it's, it, it can help people it has medicinal value this that, and the other he ignored all that because he wanted to go after two groups he wanted to go after the counterculture hippies who were protesting the vietnam war and he wanted to go after african-americans put it on schedule one and the war and drugs started in earnest that year the next the very next year so we're saying it's un- unconstitutional because we're, we're saying it's about freedom we're, we're saying it's a civil rights deal and we're, we're saying that it's not based in any fact or science. And so that's why we're going at it uh, in the district court. The district court felt like it wasn't a place for it. So now we're in the appellate court and we're going to keep this fight through because I think we're on the right side of history and time. So if you had to guess, it's uh, 2018 and the amount of progress that's been made in the last couple of years is pretty outstanding as far as the cannabis industry uh, nationally, the local reforms that have happened, the uh, level of stigmatization has dropped significantly. I've even noticed it just in the shows that we attend. There's more and more uh, mainstream people. It used to be very much um, uh, sort of the stoner culture, and now there's almost a um, there's just a new uh, breed of people that are coming in and experiencing the cannabis lifestyle. Um, and I would say. 70% or so of the people that we see at shows that are in the business, they're not um, using cannabis necessarily to get high. I mean, they may uh, enjoy cannabis at the end of the day to enhance their sleep, or uh, most of it has to do with some sort of a therapeutic outcome. If you were to look in your crystal ball and uh, talk about the next five years, do you have an anticipation of when we're going to see something change on a federal level or when? Uh, I- I would say within the next five years, you know, but it it, it, it can go slow. It's going to go slowly. And I've been telling people and then it's going to go all at once. So what the people that are doing now, we're we're prepping ourselves. So when it goes all at once, because when you look back at it in 2006, when uh, George W. Bush was in the middle of his, his second term or what have you, 
and um, the issue about gay marriage came up. There's no way you would say five years later that it would be legal, fully legal at the federal level and a conservative Supreme Court would rule that it was it, it was le- it, that it's that it's legal. So this thing is going to happen. And I and I say sooner rather than later. But I'm not talking about, you know, decades or 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 or, or 10 or 20 years from now. I'm talking about very soon that we're going to see history made. Uh, you look at the, the the court of public opinion. Uh, it's changed from 10 years ago. And then whenever you put the cannabis ballot before the people, it always passes. So I think at the very least, medically, that's a no brainer. I think recreation, adult use, put it before the people because the people have decided tobacco is OK. <laughs> They've decided that uh, uh, alcohol is OK. They've decided that. Well, the Supreme Court just came out today. We're going to have sports gambling all over the country, sports betting all over the country. So if they've decided that, just put it before the people and let the people decide. So I'll say an industry and you tell me whether you think they're in favor or against cannabis reform. Is the pharmaceutical industry supportive of cannabis reform? Uh, I would say no, they're not, but they're keeping an eye on the cannabis industry. And when... It does go illegal on the federal level. I want, and, and I might be one of the few ones in the space that says this, I want big tobacco to get in. I want big pharma to get in because they're going to bring the billions of dollars of R&D to this plant as long as they don't bastardize it and synthesize it. They're going to bring all these billions of dollars of our research and development to this plant, and then we'll really see what all these cannabinoids in this plant can do. And so that's what I want. But I don't want this industry and the people that have been working in it to be Walmarked out. I still think, you know, it's a plant. It's natural that there is a place for the mom and pop. There are the places for the innovative growers and, 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 and uh, uh, cultivations that they're coming up with these strains or whatever. I think it's going to be. I don't think we're going to get Walmarked out because it's, it's a plant. And I look forward to the day where we do have the billions of dollars of research and development behind this plant because we have to get away from this opiate uh, path that we're on, Drew, or else we're going to lose a generation. And for them to put Oxycontin out in the market and to market it as not being addictive, it was pure evil by Purdue Pharma to do that. It, it, and and I, it's going to take a while to recover from that. But I think we have to get back to phytobased medicine. I think cannabis can lead that way. I think cannabis can lead the revolution of, of, of the next generation. Well, and you, you talk about the opiate epidemic and my personal attachment to this plant. Um, I'm a recovered guy. I've been in recovery for a long time. I don't drink anymore. I don't use drugs anymore. I did extensively as a young man. And I've been exposed to a lot of people that have struggled with addiction. And I spend a lot of my spare time working with people in addiction, uh, in recovery from addiction. And one of the things that tipped me over, uh, that opened my mind finally, was when a young man that uh, was a part of my household, uh, his mother and I were in a relationship, and at a young age, he ended up overdosing and losing his life to heroin. Oh, wow. Sorry to hear that. 
So in the midst of all this uh, recovery that I've had the blessing to be able to experience, I have this experience with a young man. And, and his main point to me was that if he could just smoke weed, he would have been okay. But there was a there was a, a no tolerance uh, uh, testing policy with the treatment program that he went through, and I had to open my mind about it. So, um, would I trade uh, that young man's life uh, today if he it could be here and and still be using cannabis? Absolutely. I mean that's a that's a no brainer. Um, but I'm it touched me deeply on a personal level. Um, you had your hands up earlier. I want to can you put your hands up closer to your face again? Because you've got when I first shook your hands, this man has some giant hands. And um it, my mind just absolutely disappears in your hands when you shake hands. Um you're a, a big man. You're six six? Yes. Are you at uh, two thirty-five? No, I'm like two seventy-eight right now. That's good because you were listed at 285 when you were playing. Yeah, I try to stay in shape. Let's say so, that, but I'm not. So does cannabis type. help you stay in shape? Do you use cannabis in your workout well, that's routine? What I said it's like for me, Drew. It's like all for the ten man, you know, because I have all these, you know, uh, pre-arthritic fingers and my knees and joints hurts. And I give you a personal story. It's like I, I run and I, I kind of overdid it, and my knee was sw- swollen last week. And I couldn't sleep. And so I got some of my CBD pain cream. I put it on there and I slept like a baby. The pain went away. So j- it, it, it helps me. What it's brands CBD. What brands do you align with? What's your uh, business? Isodal? Uh-huh. Isodal. And, and I chew by, uh, uh, can chew, chew gum by, uh, it's, it's, it's by uh, Axiom Biotechnologies. It's, it's a wonderful delivery. gets right into the system and, and it's a gum. So we're going to get the hashtags for that and the contacts for that. And we're going to fly that into this podcast so that people can see where they can connect with products that you endorse and that you use in your personal life. Um, And I'm also going to start buying those brands because everything I've learned about CBD has been because somebody told me a story about how it affected them. When I started, and I take CBD every day now, and when I take CBD, two things that I notice, I'm uh, creaky. I've got my knees bug me. Um, I've got aches and pains and they're tremendously reduced when I'm using CBD. Uh, And the other thing, I have a little bit of panic and anxiety. I mean, I may look like a cool cucumber on the outside, but on the inside, I, I fall apart every once in a while. And my level of anxiety and panic has been diminished dramatically. I used to have a heck of a time getting on a plane. And the people that I work with know that I fly a lot now for work and I would get claustrophobic on a plane. I haven't had that experience uh, since I started uh, enjoying CBD. So uh, my own personal experience, I know um, you're a, 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 when you're a Super Bowl champion and a professional athlete and you get up and you make a statement to people about what CBD has done for you, you have a certain amount of impact on your audience. Um, it, it's had an impact on me. I heard you speak at one of those early uh, shows that I went to and the attitude that you have about people. And here's something I'll tell the, uh, the world about Marvin Washington. This guy treats people the way he wants to be treated. He is uh, a big hearted man that goes out of his way to help people. You've been very gracious to us at every show that we've been to. You've always been friendly with me and I've been bugging you to do something with Bovida and the fact that we started this podcast. It's perfect because um, like your friend Darren McCarty said, 
Um, once you know the truth about this plant, you have a responsibility to tell the story to others. Oh, yeah. And one of the things I notice in the cannabis industry is we're really limited. Um, it seems to me we're limited in the number of ways we're able to disseminate that information out to people. Um, it doesn't get the press coverage. It doesn't get the uh, popular um, uh, outlets paying attention to it. So we're going to do everything we can to keep giving you, people like you, uh, the champions, literally and figuratively, the champions of this cause, keep giving you guys the megaphone and try to accentuate what you're doing in the marketplace because it's making a big difference in in uh, my life and it's helping a lot of people. So um, I just want to thank you for that. That's a, that's a, um, I, I didn't want to suck up to you too much on the podcast no, today I, because. I, I, it's true. I, I, I appreciate the, the, the kind words and I being in here in, in my personal life and being in here, it's always people first. And I tell you that, you know, you know about Athletes for Care. I'm a, I'm a co-founder and I sit on the board. You have, if you ever need any of our athletes off our roster, you know, get in contact with me. I'll make sure that, you know, you have access to them because you're helping spread the word. And, uh, you know, it, it's needed and keep pushing because we're all swimming the same way. And anything that I can do to further this message and change the negative connotation and, and stereotypes. I'm going to try to do it. And this was an opportunity to do it. It's awesome. Before we wrap up, I want to go back to something that you said early on. you mentioned epilepsy and um, I've got a dear friend that's got focal dystonia. It's a brain disorder. Uh, virtuoso uh, hand over hand fretstyle guitar player named Billy McLaughlin. And we're going to get him on the podcast too. Um, he reluctantly, he's got, he's uh, uh, as an aside, he's got a son who's also an epileptic. So his son was reaching uh, age of 18 or 19 and he was having tons of seizures. I don't remember what the number was. It was three or 400 seizures a week that this kid was wow. experiencing. And there was a lot of reluctance to take on uh, cannabis therapy. Finally, uh, the son and the father, the, the a guitar virtuoso that had basically lost his career to this brain disorder and the son with the epilepsy, which is a neurological disorder, they start cannabis therapy. The kids' seizures went to one or two a month. Mm. The, the, and the dad's ability to play has been enhanced dramatically where he's now he's touring again and he's dedicated his life, uh, the rest of his life, to spreading the word about what this plant can do for people that suffer from these uh, brain issues. Um, it's, it, people are looking for a miracle. And you hear a lot of stories and I, at the shows, I hear a lot of stories, people talking about miracles that are happening because people are finding a way off of the addictive cycle of opiates. They're finding a way onto a natural, non-addictive way to deal with these issues. And it's just, it's just remarkable. I mean, you've heard, you must hear story after story. I hear stories after stories and we have to get these stories out. And so whenever I speak in front of an audience and I've been telling your, your audience, if you know about cannabis, tell, tell your family members, tell your, your neighbors, tell them about it and tell them what it can do on the, medi on the medicinal side. And there are so many people that I've known that, that this plant has helped that it, it, we can't keep it a secret. We, we have to get out and quick preaching to the choir and get out in society and tell them about this plant and don't be ashamed. Don't be, uh, uh, you know, hesitant to tell people because 
everybody's going off a lie that we've been lied to for like 80 years about this plant. And so now, you know, we need to get the truth out there. If I wanted to get CBD oil today, yes. what, where would I go online? What would I look uh, up? And- you could go to isodial.com. I-S-O-D-I-O-L. I-S-O-D-I-O-L, isodial.com. And we have everything from water to pain creams to uh, sleep aids to peps. All of it's CBD-based. All of it's good. I, I, I'm i a big proponent of, of theirs. They have the oils, the tinctures, the drops, transdermal patches. We have everything there. So ballpark, what's a person going to spend to find out whether this is going to be helpful to them? Do you have a ballpark? I think what? you can spend less than $100, but you know it'd be worth your ROI to try it out. Uh, because, you know, it's non-addictive, it's non-toxic, and it, it, it's a better alternative than the opiates. And we have some wonderful, we have some wonderful products. I think between your group of friends on that Athletes for Care group and our approach uh, here at Boveda, I think we could do a lot of good by getting people together through this podcast and working with you guys at these shows to try to get this message delivered to more and more people. Um, I can't personally thank you enough for taking the time to be with us today. I know you've got a busy schedule and you made yourself available and uh, I'm super grateful and I hope we get a chance to do it again. And you'll, again, see, you'll see me again. We'll, we'll, you'll see me again. And like I said, I gave you that, that if you want anybody from our roster athletes for care, just let me know and we'll, we'll make them accessible. Marvin Washington, Super Bowl champion, 10-year NFL veteran, defensive end for the Jets, the Broncos, and the Niners, and a champion for the cannabis cause. Thank you for being a part of Cultivate today, a podcast that's brought to you by Bovida. Marvin, thanks, Brett. Thank you.